0: Oh, oh. the bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the
1: bad rails in your mouth. Bring them out, bring them out. Bring them out, bring them out. Bring them out, bring them out. Fiend. The championship run deep in our vein The entertainment raw real cause it's all in the game Two us you know around the city doing it better than this Just well, say look at this, you can look around
2: who better than this Nobody who your team, the Blazers or Knicks, the Wizards the Clippers The Patriots the Cowboys, Clips the Titans the Chickens USC, Gamecock, Shamrock, know what it is, man Triple left the new podcast, Just join
1: the game plan Come on. Come on. Bring them out,
0: bring them out Bring them out, bring them out Bring them out, bring em out. Bring em out.
1: Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your hosts Zay Young Vander and Bro Joe. What's
0: poppin', good people? Welcome back to the best new fantasy football podcast on the air, the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast, presented to you by Manscaped. I'm your host Zay. As always, I got the fan with me. Holla at your people, Young Vander.
2: Fantasy Fiends, what's going on out there?
0: And my guy, your guy, Bro Joe. Holla at him, Bro Joe. What's going on, Fantasy Fiend family? Yo, we have an amazing show in store for you today, news and notes. We have your do not draft list. Your get them, drop them, keep them. For you guys that weren't with us last year, you'll love that segment. And we also have our first segment for this year, of tales from a dynasty so we got a lot to get into a lot of entertainment a lot of good information for you keep in mind get your 20 percent off at manscaped.com plus free shipping with promo code fiends f-e-i-n-s fiends the line more 4.0 is seriously guys the best trimmer i've ever used you don't have to worry about you know is it gonna rust because i'm in the shower you know no nicks no patches she'll love the results and your balls will thank you i promise you that they have all kind of stuff there that you can if you're not in the Market for the lawnmower. They have all kind of different products and everything that we can use. It's time to step our game up, guys. If you're looking for us on our social media sites, join us in our Facebook group at Fantasy Football Fiend Family on Facebook. Family Football Fiend Family on IG. Fantasy Football Fiend and on Twitter at Fantasy underscore Fiend. If you need promos, advertising, want to get information to us, have questions, comments, or concerns, hit us up at Fantasy Football Fiend at Gmail fantasy football fiend f-e-i-n before we hop into your news i know that's what you know that would be the norm but we want to actually highlight the draft that barry and i had in our league of record i think both of us did a phenomenal job i love the team that barry ended up drafting i kind of wish i was at his draft spot instead of mine but i love my team as well i can definitely see us battling that out we actually end up going up against each other in week one so the going uh trend anytime that we end up seeing each other in the regular season and in the postseason whoever wins in the regular season loses in the postseason. so that's been the trend so if i happen to take a l week one i i have uh you know a little bit of consolation if you will barry you got your um you got your uh your team up so you can tell the people what we ended up doing tell them the drafted team and then tell them about the trade you just made well
2: first it's a league. Tentingly- and right. i was picking ninth standard league no flex spot it's a two running back two quarterback three wide receiver one tight end league and again you know i speak on it all the time one of my favorite strategies especially when picking at the back is the zero running back strategy i used to go high with the wide receiver but the way this draft it went kind of crazy so i kind of made some adjustments as the draft was going on my first two picks were cooper cup and jamar chase Love it. So so I already started off with the two of the top three wide receivers in the league. It came back around and you said, hold one second, Bear. Remember, he told y'all if you can't
0: get two of the, was it two of the four best? If I can't get two of the top four,
2: if I can't get two of the top four, then I'm just not getting any.
0: So he could get two of the top four, which is why he went with that strategy. So that shaped the rest of his draft as far as. I got two of the top three.
2: I got two of the top three. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it worked out even better. But using that third spot, I would go with another strong wide receiver. I I was hoping for like a Tyreek Hill to land here, which he did come back to me. But Joe Burrow came back. And I'm like, hmm, this is different. I would look for him to be here. So I went ahead with Joe Burrow. Came back fourth round with a Trey Lance. So now it's a two quarterback league, I remind you. I had Joe Burrow and Trey Lance at the top. I got Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase. Of course I haven't I'm usually... With zero with the running backs. But James Conner's in my face. Hey, why not? <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and go with James right. Conner here. Missed Came... a touchdown himself. All right. His goal is 20 touchdowns this year. So with a third receiver spot, I did fill in with Michael Pittman Jr., which I'm very high on this year. So that's a great third wide receiver to have to go with the core of and Chase. The, another receiver I grabbed was Armand St. Brown. So I just made a trade that he just spoke of. Because I w- at that Pittman spot, I wanted Kyle Pitts. I did want to have one of those top three tight ends, if possible. But the guy, he picked Kyle Pitts right before I picked Pittman. But we just made a deal. I traded him Michael Pittman Jr. and uh, Pat Firemouth for Kyle Pitts. Accepted that this morning. So now my 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 skill positions are crazy. But I said to say this, usually I'll, I'll draft a team to make moves. But this particular league is a little tight um, when it comes to trading. So. Right. I made I draft a team to keep through the through the year, but at the same time, I did draft to make moves. But the guys that I drafted to make moves with were the guys at the bottom of my draft, and those are the guys with the high-end upside as far as the running backs. I ended up with Damian Pierce. I got Ramondre Stevenson. I got Brian Robinson Jr. I got Isaiah Pacheco. I got A.J. Dillon. So I was able to get all of those guys on top of the guys you said at the top. So my starting running backs are Eli Mitchell and James Conner. But I just named to you a few running backs who are actually starters in this league and can not be right. starters in your fantasy team. So right. these will be the guys, if injury happen, I'll fill in. Or if I you know, need to upgrade another position, A.J. Dillon, we already know what, what kind of season he's like he's going to have. Uh, Damian Pierce, we've seen what he's doing in preseason. He's looking like he's going to be the guy. Now I could take these guys and make moves and get – you know, even stronger guys. And this is what we spoke of also doing, being able to draft to make moves later to improve your team. Absolutely. So it actually love, worked love out worked out crazy for me. So we
0: team. just don't preach the sermons. We actually do what it is that we preach about. So, I mean, that that, that team speaks volumes to everything that you've been told over the last few weeks of, of what to look for. I mean, no, and it's crazy.
2: Like, once I've shown people this team, people be like, hey, send me that. So <laughs> a lot of my friends be like yo send me that draft, and they got leaks coming up, and I guess they're gonna maybe try to duplicate it, but you know it's never gonna actually happen. Yeah, that that way. they don't
0: never. Work. Yeah, right. yeah. I'm gonna say mean, that but, ain't how
2: that ain't how life works. Right, but this is definitely probably the this is probably the best draft I've ever had, honestly. As far as you know, day one a day one team because again I usually trade I usually draft to make trades, but as far as a day one ready to go out of the gate team. Right. Hands down, the best team I ever drafted. Yeah, I
0: definitely like it. I can, um, you know, barring injury, you you don't even have to make any more moves if you choose not to. But knowing you, know. you probably still got two or three things up your sleeve. Um, <laughs> my team, I had to kind of uh, go the, the balance route versus RB or wide receiver heavy. When Barry drafted Joe Burrow, it kind of started a little bit of a ruckus at quarterback. And I'm glad I went ahead. Well, actually, let me start with my first pick. I got Jonathan Taylor with my first pick, which was a no-brainer. So that that RB1 spot is solidified there. My second pick was Jalen Hurts. I've been talking about Jalen Hurts a lot. The, the rules in this particular league, it's four points for a passing touchdown, six points for a rushing touchdown, 25 yards for one point in passing. A running quarterback kind of gets bonus points just based on how they're going to score. So a person like Jalen Hurts that's going to run the ball in a few times as far as the touchdown is concerned and is also going to have a baseline as far as rushing is concerned, that kind of gives me a little bit of a leg up there. He was the one I was targeting, but he was also best QB on board by the time it got to me. The next round, I actually did a double up and I went ahead and got Carr. I believe that Carr with the Las Vegas Raiders is going to take a huge step forward this year. He's going to be the beneficiary of a offensive visionary, and he has weapons galore. It just so happened that it Devontae Adams fell to me with my next pick. So I was able to get the double up with Carr and Adams. And then I'm not sure where the picks went from there, but I'll tell you the rest of my team. I had DJ Moore as my wide receiver too. He's been able to put up numbers no matter who his quarterback is. He's gotten over a thousand yards like the last several years. Brandon Cooks is my wide receiver. Three, he is who he is. Same type of guy is more. He's consistent. Doesn't matter who his quarterback is. He's going to put up numbers. As As my RB2, I have David Montgomery. I also picked up his backup, Khalil Herbert, to solidify that RB2 spot there. And then I started going for value as far as the, you know bench is concerned. I got Rashard Penny, a guy that we've talked about quite a bit. I have DeAndre Hopkins waiting in the wings as another wide receiver one that I'll be able to utilize as of week seven. And barring injury, I really won't need all that much wide receiver depth. But I also have Chris Olave and George Pickens, two of the young gunners that I believe both of them are actually going to have some significant roles this year. And depending on how significant, by the end of week one, week two, their value will probably be quite a bit higher than any of the running backs or some of the other positions that I could have picked when they were available. So I'll be trading those guys nine times out of 10 at some point um, for another position. I also have James Robinson as a backup running back. Backup quarterbacks, I have Trevor Lawrence and Davis Mills. And Lawrence, I think, is ripe for a breakout as well and then because I knew that I could get my tight end with my last pick and George Pickens with my second to last pick I went ahead and did something that I don't normally do which is I got my kicker and defense a couple of rounds early just so it's a set it and forget it position Tucker from Baltimore and then I have Indianapolis uh, defense as far as special teams are concerned so I am very happy with my draft. This is both for now and for trade later. So I was able to put together some of the guys that I was really wanting and looking for. You know, barring injury, me and Barry will end up seeing each other in the playoffs. We'll see how that all works out. With that said, let's go ahead and get into your news.
2: And now your fantasy news.
0: All right. So let's go ahead and hop right into the news. So now that we are approaching the season, there are a couple of reports that are damn near startling. So, man, my how the mighty have fallen. Antonio Gibson got a shout out from uh, his head coach, Riverboat Ron, saying that he will be the number one and the best kick returner in the league. What the hell just happened? <laughs> Officially <laughs> on the depth chart, Brian Robinson is the number one running back. I, I yeah.
2: Um. I've seen this coming a mile away. That's why in the league, I could tell guys and really pay attention to what's going on. A guy like Antonio Gibson, I mean, why would you, considering the relationship that him and Rivera, like they've been having as of late, um, I was able to pick up Brian Robinson Jr. He's going to be the guy. I mean, like, he's going to be the RB1 who starts there starting running back at kick returner. Point Not edges. nobody. Um, you don't give a damn about that, boy. It's, it's probably best they trade him. Me personally, I wouldn't want this guy in the locker room because you're really killing his spirit. And you don't want him on the field. I mean, even at kick returner, like, if you're going to kill the morale of this guy, just go ahead and get rid of him. You know what I mean? I don't give that sure. but you don't want to kill other people's morale either.
0: Cause what you'll do to one you'll do to another. And I see how you do on my boy. Like he got friends on that team. Let, let, let's make no mistake about it. We don't know what he did, but you, I mean, it's a certain level of decorum I would, that wasn't necessary. To, 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 that was a good shot. Like you didn't, you didn't demoted the man all the way down to special teams. And then you go and I, I don't know if it was a tweet or
2: if it was an interview or whatever that was going on, but he's the I mean, number one. You, I mean, did you see what Andy Reed said about, um, CH. I mean, um, he was asking about, you know, nah, Pacheco. I yeah, they,
1: I saw that. They asked him about,
2: he was he's speaking up Pacheco, you know, saying how good of a run he is, how fast he is, things like that. Mm-hmm. And they asked him, what about CH? He's like, he got good personality. Oh, wow. I mean, yeah. I mean? And that was it. Good personality. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, like, th- those things are something to watch and pay attention to. Let's address that. It's not in the news, but it
0: is definitely newsworthy. Do we see Pacheco taking over early, or is this just a motivational tactic on one by Andy Reid? Because what I've read is that CEH is planted as the number one right now, but he also gets hurt a lot. So I don't, I mean,
2: you know. I think he'll see some touches early on. It seems like Jared McKinnon is the third down back officially. That's what it seems like. It's like okay. on third downs in the preseason. He was a guy on every third down he was on the field. So they got a full committee now, basically. With it, d- exactly. Okay. And with the injury to Derek Gore, I think Derrick Gore had an injury. Ronald Jones, like he's going to be on the bubble, a possible cut. But now he may be able to make the team due to. I forgot about Ronald Jones. <laughs> Damn, You see yes. what I'm saying? Committee so, for real. right? With the, with the injury to Gore, that may have saved him. So he may be on the team as well. So it's a crowded, a crowded backfield. Actually, in our league, I got Pacheco. I'm, I'm probably going to move him today. I got somebody you know, acquiring, so I'm probably going to move him for a little small wide receiver, maybe a clay pool or something. And, I already and know what you
0: got in mind with that. And I don't know why yeah. it didn't happen before when that person been asking for a running back. That just makes sense. That's what we call a match made in heaven. Yeah. You know, it works for both parties. It's it's obviously equal. Let's go ahead and knock that out. Another surprising move as far as depth charts are concerned, the stud Breeze Hall is number two behind Michael Carter. Now, this threw me for a loop. Like, I didn't see this one coming at all. Hmm. Is this just a temporary, maybe a pass protection type of a deal? You don't have anybody back there that's mobile now. You got Flacco back there. Is this a pass pro thing or the notes out of camp and everything? This guy bust out a 75 yard TD run against the Falcons. He busts out another long TD run against his own defense. I I didn't really hear much at all about anything that Michael Carter did in the offseason. So what
2: the hell is going on here? I think it's just something early on. Maybe you don't want to just hand the keys to a rookie off the gate. Because think about it. Last year, Michael Carter probably was the better back on the team. But yeah, they he had was, got, then he got hurt. Yeah. But but you know who they had starting last year? What's my guy's name? Um Calvin Coleman. Tevin Coleman, Coleman. You know what I mean? Okay. So okay. there that go. True.
0: They maybe. did start with Coleman. They started with the, right. the elder statesman and then moved it on. Okay. I see what so you're saying. They, they got not have.
2: Yeah, so maybe that's what this is. You know what I mean? I I, I see Brees Hall definitely taking the reins in that backfield moving forward
1: though. They're just using the best practice. Like, this is somebody who's going to definitely be the bow of their offense. I know Zach Wilson isn't the best quarterback. I feel like he just gives them more to offer to kind of play to what Brees is really good at. Brees can play any scheme. He's really diverse. But Zach definitely brings an RPO element to the game. That plays a little bit into it. And also, too, like, this offensive line, losing Beckton, even though they got Dwayne Brown, who's the OG, and really helped my team out a few years ago it's just been devastating you don't know quite yet what you got i think they're trying to take the healthier approach of just seeing you know giving it 50 50 but again to what we just said like we see it with tevin coleman and then when Tevin coleman out there was just him and the other guy i forgot to do name and then before you know it was just the the michael carter show so i don't read much into it but i think zach wilson being hurt kind of Puts it a little bit on hold what he can do. He gets a little bit more pretty much with Zach. I think, obviously, with no Zach, this is about to be an eight man box. We already know it's a statue right there with Flacco, and they're going to just tell, defense is going to tell Flacco, beat us with your arm if you still got it.
0: We got all kind of issues going on in Dallas. First and foremost, left tackle Tyron Smith tearing his hamstring damn near off the bone. He's gone for a minute. Whenever he does come back, he might not be himself to say the least. On top of that, we have the effects that that will have on Zeke and Dak. C.D. Lamb just came back to practice. Uh, He had a a cut, nothing too serious from what I can understand. He needed some stitches and everything, but he's, he's back out there. But Dallas has a problem. Left tackle is like the second most important position in football next to quarterback. And when you have A guy that's never been the guy in C.D. Lamb and a guy in Dak that needs that extra little bit of time because he doesn't have the plethora of wide receivers that he's used to. I don't like that combination. So, I mean, that's, they got a lot going on in Dallas. At least they got Gallup down on the pup list, I guess. (laughs) Did, did he he. So Gallup, yeah, Um, he, he will most likely miss week one, possibly even week two, but he didn't hit that I'll be out for a month list. So th- I guess that is a, I mean, that's definitely an arrow pointing up because he is their second best wide receiver as of yeah. right now. Now they, they have that guy Turpin that was the MVP of the uh, USFL and he returned yeah. two kicks. They got him on special teams right now, but he could maybe push Tobert out of the way. I mean, Tobert is a rookie. This guy, if, if you're the MVP of any league, and if you can return punts the way he did with the speed that he did in the nfl you got some juice so
1: they might want to see what they got in that guy he might be a deep 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 sleep i'm just concerned with zeke because zeke is to me by far their best blocker i can't give him off Oh, out of you know i considerably like second to tyron smith like this guy literally put defenders on his ass time and time and Like he's the most consistent best blocker, I think, in the NFL, but we also know that, you know, to me, this is more like a career year from him because they can move on from him after this year, and also too, right. he he's coming back to have a phenomenal season, so having him do what he does best is one thing, but he, I feel like, oh no! I feel like his impact. I want to see how that looks as a whole because you can't have him blocking like he did last year. I mean, he still finished seventh, but still.
2: Well, looking at that, that kind of tells me that I think we're gonna really see a lot more of Tony Pollard at the yeah. slot position. Because if you had that left tackle off the field, you can't afford not to have Zeke on the field. Yep. He got now, a He, he got to be out there doing pass pro. Like, if you're trying to keep Pollard on the field at the same time, he's going to be lined up at wide receiver. An article just came out one minute ago uh Dak alluding to a big pass catching season for Tony Pollard. So about me seeing that article as well, I think he'd be probably line up a lot more in the slot. This was just one point. And, and that's the one thing that have kept Zeke on the field all these years. He's second to none when it comes to pass protection. Like He's the best in the league. He's needed. Just put it like that. So with that left left tackle out, he got to be out there. So I I definitely see Pott lined up at wide receiver this year a whole lot more. Now, head coach Josh McDaniels wouldn't commit to
0: Darren Waller being ready for the start of the season. That's a little bit concerning, especially for those of you that are looking at drafting somebody like Waller early or late. Because if you draft him, you probably don't have a backup tight end. And if you're going to draft the tight end that early, you don't want it to be someone that you have to have a backup tight end. So that's a little bit concerning for me on the fantasy side. I'm sure he'll be fine even if he misses a week or two, kind of like some of these other guys are probably going to miss. We'll kind of see how that that you know works out. But these injuries are already starting and the season has not started, which is why you definitely want to have depth. And unless you are a seasoned pro, you don't want to do things like give up that depth early. The caveat is this. In many cases, you're going to have the best possible waiver options right now. If you can make a trade to get your starting lineup to be a little bit better, and then you can backfill your bench with guys that you would have drafted if you had more room, now is the time. That waiver wire is going to be bare once a few weeks go by. Honestly, after the first couple of weeks go by and people kind of see what's there but you probably right now have some of the guys that we've been talking about as sleepers and values. If you've already done your draft, you, you probably have some of those guys right now on your waiver. So now's the time to pounce. I know some people, you know, draft the team and then the thought process is, well, let me see what happens before I make any moves. But once you see what happens, I've also seen what happened. The person that I might have paid a little bit more for just because they were my guy in my own mind. Now that I see that they ain't going to do shit this year, good luck with me taking that player. So sometimes you mean right. Now is the best time. And then times sometimes you're on the opposite end of that and you should have held off. But in my experience and for the way that I like to play, there's at least and most most likely one trade out there right now where you can give up players where the person that you're trading with thinks they got over. But you already see somebody better on the waiver than the person that you gave them to open up a roster spot. Just something to think about, you
2: know? No, nah, it's definitely one of those things, kind of like what you alluded to, where it, it, it goes both ways. Um, sometimes, you know, a lot of people say, well, I'm going to wait till week one and then see what happens. That could go both ways. You can go the week one and you can lose value on some guys and then you can, you know what I'm saying, you can gain value. So you can have some guys that you like value go up, but then they can lose a lot of steam going into the season as well. So you kind of like to make moves while the iron is hot. You know what I mean? So... Like say, for instance, with like Damian Pierce, I mean, he's the hottest name, one of the hottest names on the board right right now. So it may be wise for me. I think about moving him before the season starts. That I can don't go think both- he can outperform where his name is right now. Right. It, it <laughs> go, a- that, but that could go <laughs> both ways his right yeah, now. <laughs> it could go both ways. I can wait and try to maybe gain more value. But then he can go out there and and look lost. And then, can you though? Because news is currency. Right now is
0: when everybody's paying attention to fantasy news. You see that name in almost every article, on almost every podcast. If he goes out there and is good for a rookie, but not great for a fantasy running back, he loses more value than he has right now. It's almost one of those hot potato type things. Mm -hmm. Like if you get the true value of a back end RB1, or a you know, high-end RB2 forum. that's the most you can actually hope that he would have actually become. But if he doesn't become that, you got over. So you either got what you were supposed to get, or you got over if you make the move now. No, nah, but you,
2: you, you make it get more value for him because all right, he's hot right now, right? His name is hot. Mm-hmm. But let's say week one against the Colts, he gets 150 yards and two touchdowns. Now he's he's gone. He's on Pluto. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So now But what if he gets 60 yards and no touch? Right. That that my point exactly though. So I'm saying he can go both ways. So you have to <laughs> figure out what's best for you. Right. You know what I'm saying? So he can go out there and knock it out the park. And I mean, again, he can go out there and stink up the field. And now, you know what I'm saying? Either you got over on somebody or you didn't. You know what I mean? So In my mind, that defensive
0: core, really good rookie or not, they, they don't really let too many teams run on them in general. If he goes off on that team, you deserve whatever you ask for him at that point. I, it may be a cold shower after week one just based on the defense he's going against. And the way his name is being touted, it's like, well, this kid can't be stopped no matter who he's going against. Mm-hmm. But I've
1: seen I've seen some dudes get stopped by the Colts. But that was a Matt Ebris top 10 defense that's now with Chicago. I don't know what Chicago going to look like this year. And, and also
2: the best defender on the team is actually may not be around for week one. Leonard's hurt? Yeah, the new Shaquille Leonard, that is. <laughs> yeah. Been, yeah, so he may not oh, even be in it. So it, it that you know changes I mean? things because he Correct. is their run defense.
0: He's the cog that makes that machine go for run de- Okay. Nice little nugget right there. Maybe you do hold on to Pierce for t- after week one. We'll see. We have a few wide receivers to kind of throw out there real quick. Julio Jones is playing fast and looks smooth with Tom Brady. They've already clicked as a quarterback wide receiver Hmm. duo. So we'll kind of see what happens there. Drake London, he didn't practice Thursday. He hasn't practiced now for a little bit. We don't know what the likelihood is of him being ready for week one or how long in general he may have that knee injury or, you know, those those knee injuries, those ankles, any, any of those lower extremities that can kind of linger throughout the season. So, you know, he's one of those guys that you may want to kind of take pause on. In my humble opinion, another guy you want to take pause on is Traylon Burks. He's missing practice due to an undisclosed issue. I told you guys like a month ago that this dude scared me and I, I wouldn't I wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole. And the closer we get to the season, what did they say? The sum of all fears um, has added up to exactly what I thought it was going to be. Not saying his career is doomed, but he would be a guy that maybe I pick up off the waivers later on or I, I trade for later on. I, I wouldn't draft him if um, I, I don't have a team yet. Dynasty, that's a little bit different. You're looking at the long haul, not just what's going on today. But this this guy isn't starting out on the best of
1: foot. Drake's been out two weeks with this injury and it was said to not be serious. I mean, I don't see from what I'm reading anything that would keep him out till week one. I, I like him. A, a, obviously, we all like Drake London. I would hope most people like Drake London. I think I don't his what? Drake. I said I think-
0: no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was I thought you said Trey Lomb- I, I heard Burke. Oh you said Drake. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No,
1: but I'm sorry.
2: With,
0: with Burke,
1: I just I'm I'm already, you know, I had all the praise for him. I just thought he could kind of acclimate to the NFL, but it's what I'm thinking, like these smaller schools, these smaller programs, like you just you just see the difference. You look at somebody like a, a a Robinson, for example, with the Redskins, go from Alabama to start running back in the Redskins, and then you have this Arkansas player. No no shade to Arkansas as a program, but now Traylon can't even really come on to the you know to the NFL. Like it kind of sucks, man. Programs really do kind of tell a tale of how the level of competition really doesn't tell you what somebody can do in college versus the pros. And a lot to be said to, you know, spread quarterbacks, but that's a different story. But it is Burke's thing. It it ain't looking too good. Uh, He had a hard pass for me in in all formats.
0: (laughs) That about does it for your news. Let's go ahead and get into get them, drop them, keep them.
1: Get them, drop them, keep keep them
0: all right you guys for this segment i'm gonna throw out a few names and the guys are gonna tell me who they would go get who they would keep who they would drop so when we say drop we don't mean drop literally we mean that this is a person that would be the trade candidate this would be the person of the three that would no longer be on my team if i had to make a hard decision which in fantasy, we have to do that all the time. The purpose of this particular exercise is so that you don't look at your team and become paralyzed and you see an opportunity to make a move, whether it's a waiver move or trade, whatever the case may be, and you just can't figure out for the life of you who you should get, who you should drop, or who you should keep, and then an opportunity passes by because somebody else is Johnny on the spot. So with that being said, we will start out with our quarterback. We have Davis Mills. Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence. So again, that's Davis Mills, Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence. Vander, get them man, drop them just, keep
2: them. Oh man, um, I would say keep Fields. Okay. Go keep get
0: Fields over Trevor? Okay.
2: Go get Trevor and drop Davis Mills. <laughs> I had the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's ugly. It's ugly, man. But look, somebody
0: got to make that decision right now. <laughs> Right. Mm-hmm. Especially, you know, when you're in those super flex or you're in those two QB leagues and you mess around and don't realize how fast QB is going to go. And and now you're trying to figure out, you know, who your second and third QBs are going to be. And the, the pick is get a little bit mm-hmm. slim. You know, it, it can happen to the best of us. So that's what we got for the quarterbacks with running back. I have A.J. Dillon,
2: Rashard Penny, Damian Pierce. Get them, drop them, keep them. Hmm. I say keep A.J. Dillon go out and get damian pierce and drop rashard
1: penny we two for two so i'm gonna add further context (laughs) with the drop the drop penny i think it i think this is the prime time if you already had drafted or you're in dynasty to trade penny though penny had an explosive last five games that is an anomaly of what's about to happen we also got to figure in Carson, there was no Chris Carson to to supplement him, so he had the likes of DJ Dallas and Homer behind him while he was getting his totes. Kenneth Walker, Kenny Walker, though he did have a surgery, he will be back. It wasn't something as serious, and I just don't I don't believe in Penny, and that's somebody who likes the team. So this is a prime opportunity to get some extra extra tra- draft uh currency from trading him or getting a different play that you like. Joe, we're gonna
0: let you go first this time, just in case y'all got the same answer again. So we got Tyler Allige of Atlanta. Isaiah Pacheco of Kansas City and Brian Robinson of the Commanders.
1: Get him, drop him, keep them. In this one, I'm going to keep Pacheco. I'm oh, gonna no, keep Robinson, drop Alagier, and go get Pacheco. What
2: say you, Vander? Uh, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna keep Robinson. I'm gonna actually drop Pacheco instead and go get Alagier. I think Alagier have a, a smoother ride to the top of the to the of the depth chart than uh, Pacheco does. Cause right now he's like third on depth chart behind C H and uh, Jared McKinnon. Even though Allegier is also third behind Cordell Patterson and Damian Williams, I think that would change when the season starts. He's already, I think, gonna be ahead of Damian Williams, and then we know already know that Cordell is not your typical running back as well. So he probably fit the he has more of a running back body, and you know, in, in that in that group. So I think I will go get Alagier instead of Pacheco.
0: Let's go ahead and go to the wide receivers. We have Allen Robinson, Michael Pittman, Michael Thomas, Allen Robinson, Michael Pittman, Michael Thomas,
2: get them, drop them, keep Bander. I would keep Michael Pittman. I will go get Allen Robinson. I actually would drop Michael Thomas Okay. Um, and Michael Thomas, probably the more talented of the three people would say a couple years ago, but I haven't seen him play in two years. So Allen Robinson is a, is a great talent. He's probably going to be comeback player of the year this year. He's in a better system, uh, better the best quarterback he ever played with. So I think he's gonna take off. But far as Michael Thomas, he's already banged up again. All these lower extremity injuries with him—ankle, hamstring, knees—like I would drop him. So I haven't seen you play in two years, and you already uh, drop him. That's that's what
1: <laughs> Joe. What yeah, you I- got? So, I'm going to keep Robinson, drop Thomas, but I have a get him as Pittman. And I think Pittman, honestly, is starting to get into my threshold of the Rashad Bateman, St. Brown conversation, but even higher than that. I think this kid is about to go off in this offense. So, right now, I think his value is understated because people look looking at him as a third-year player, looking at Matt Ryan. I don't know. I think, like, you know, Jonathan Taylor, I think it's like this big enigma that he's not that dude. But if you look at the numbers, like this dude is, is freaking nasty. Like this dude is to me, he's he's like Mike Evans, but younger and more faster, in my personal opinion. This I'm not surprised he gets twelve hundred yards, double digit touchdowns this season. Cause Matt, you know Matt Ryan, how he do it, like he give it up to his guys and he favors the bigger receivers, ones with good uh level of separation and concentration on as far as the catch. And Pittman provides all that for him. Lastly,
0: we have the three rookies. George Pickens of Pittsburgh, Chris Olave of the Saints, and Wandale Robinson of the Giants. Hmm. Get them, drop them, keep them. Redraft.
2: Redraft version. Olave, Wondell, and what was, the, what was the third one? George Pickens. Wow. I probably would keep Olave, go get Wandale, and I probably would drop Pickens, even though I love, absolutely love Pickens. But he's the guy that has the most miles to feed in his situation. He has Deontay Johnson, who's going to command his target share. You have Claypool, who's now moved to the slot, which he should tear up. He's a big slot. You got a six four, six five slot. Yeah. Um. You have Firemuth, who uh, caught seven touchdowns last year at the tight end position, and then you also have Naj- Najee Harris coming catching balls out of the backfield as well. True. Um, um, and their run first team. Yeah, he's extremely talented now. Next year, once they get rid of Claypool, he's going to take off. But um, and I like—I think I, I like Wondell to go get because it's a mystery box with Wondell. Like this guy's actually probably going to be lining up all over the place in the backfield. He's going to line up at receiver again. I said earlier in the earlier show where they was in camp running Wildcat with him in the back. Like so, he's going to be all over the place. So I think he could be a gem as far as getting some rushing touchdowns and rushing yards as well on top of the receiving. And Olave, he has that vertical threat. I mean, he fits Jameis Winston's skill set as far as pushing the ball downfield. He could very well be the number one receiver going into week one with Michael Thomas's injury being a, a mystery. So
1: that's how I would call it. Olave as a keeper, Wanda as a drop him, and then pick him as a get him. So I'll start with Wanda. To all those points, is saying and being in a high-octane offense, watching the preseason games, they've used... Every bit of every receiver they had on the team, it's not to be vindictive of what they're going to do during the regular season. It might be vanilla to me. what we'll favor Pickens because Pickens to me, he's clearly the best wide receiver on that team. Like it, it's not even a question who's the best. Hold receiver. up, hold up. So he's better, Deontay Johnson. Yeah, I think so. Okay, he's doing don't... he's doing every every bit of what Deontay's doing now. I'm For logging Buster. out. I'm logging out. <laughs> so. <laughs> have you have you followed like have you followed closely the training camp? Like I have him bleach a report, I follow Instagram, like I get every bit of the feed and everything that comes in there. Okay. But you me. know
2: what? This is why I have the memory of uh, elephant. You know what I'm saying? Like you also the guy I recall speaking up on these analytics. You was talking about Deontay Johnson. What was the thing you were saying about Deontay as far as yards per route or some shit like he was like second to none in this analytic thing you threw out there and you speaking him up so I'm confused on why now Pickens that we haven't seen play one snap is now better than Deontay Johnson who has so, had years of production and this analytic thing that you threw out there you were saying he was like the best at. I can't remember the exact one but you know what I'm talking about.
1: I, I honestly don't know what you're talking about. But going okay. back to going back to what we what we discussing. <laughs> <laughs> he, no, hey, Zay, he, it. he had this analytic this thing like Yo, you know it, but
2: Deontay I, Johnson yards per route this and that Like it was something you threw out there and you spoken up Deontay Johnson I was like damn okay you know what I'm saying I didn't know that and yeah. now all of a sudden Pickens that we haven't seen play one single snap is not the best receiver on the team mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd
1: I, I rather, I rather when, when you had the information we can kind of go back and further discuss that but looking at again what I've seen <laughs> Pickens is not fucking around. Like, this dude is catching passes on some other shit. Like, these – these beyond acrobatic. We're talking about up there with Hopkins level consistently. It's it's not a practice. It's not even going for it, even looking at preseason. He's catching shit that's abnormal. Like, I I find that to be a rare. And he's also getting a separation. He's doing all the tangible things. Deontay is a smaller receiver. You're looking at Pickens, who's a a more taller receiver, well-refined. Like, I'm – I'm actually taking it back because again, I follow Georgia. I keep up with my our Georgia players. Like I'm thinking this ACL thing was gonna hinder him. But no, this dude is every bit of who he was going to college even better. Like give me somebody on that team that has the size, the speed, and able to catch the ball the way that he does to that clip. And then that's where that's where I'm getting my statement from. I know what Deontay can do. Deontay is crazy against man coverage. This dude is crazy against, you know, zone coverage as well. He's a man-beater, of course. Cool, that's great. But Pickens can do just the same thing. I get that you haven't seen it on the NFL, but we've been seeing progressively how he's taking over that wide receiver court, my personal opinion.
2: i seen Deontay Johnson play with a horrible Ben Roethlisberger last year and still was able to accumulate 1,100 yards, eight touchdowns, with a shell of himself quarterback. This guy, he the real deal. So – so, is, what it sounds like it's boiling
0: down to is it's going to be a, a surefire committee. If Pickens is, is as good as we think he can be, he is. He, the guy that, that don't make Johnson no less, though. That don't uh, make
1: yeah, Payton that, no
2: less. And Johnson it don't make.
1: Didn't a dog. I ain't saying say he's not a dog. I'm just they saying. They got, he got a good. lot of miles. I mean, him, so I, again, I, I, I see both hey,
2: But Johnson finished ninth in the league. Ninth. Uh, what more I need to talk about? Basically, all ninth. parties involved are
1: going to slide back. Ninth, so he this guy
2: finished ninth, the ninth best receiver, right last year, and all of a sudden Pickens is better than him.
1: Not, not, a, not as a rebuttal, but what was his yards per game? I know he finished ninth overall. Oh, 40, what is this? Seventy-two yards.
0: That's pretty. That's, that's pretty good. Pretty solid. That's impressive, yeah. Especially with eight touchdowns I mean. with a quarterback that ain't what he used
2: to be. So I mean, that's that's pretty, pretty good. Pretty. You good. ever heard of C D Lamb? Yeah, You ever heard of Keenan Allen, T. Higgins, Mike Williams? D. K. Metcalf, yeah, he finished more better than all those guys. So, nah, we are not doing that. <laughs> we're not doing this that. Not right is now. This is
0: why we talk it out. <laughs> this is why we have segments like this so we, we can not, get you doing perspectives from all you know all angles. Um with that being said, we're gonna go ahead and hop into our main part of the show, the do not draft list. The do not draft list. We have a you know a couple of guys that based on ADP or based on situation that we are just not comfortable with having on our team at this moment doesn't mean that you won't trade for them later, doesn't mean that you wouldn't pick them up off the waiver if they were there in some cases. Um, but it means that based on where they're going right now in the draft and some of the news or some of the uh changes in situations, it just kind of scares us off just a little. Joe, you want to start us out with your first guy, with whatever position you want to go
1: with? So my first guy, we kind of covered him in the news, was definitely going to be Dak Prescott. Like, you can't lose that many pieces. Even going back to Amari Cooper, I think people fail to realize, to me, how important Amari Cooper was to that offense as a whole. I just think it's a regression with Dak Prescott. A regression for Dak Prescott isn't bad. But, for, but looking at his draft position, what people, what tier he is as far as draft position, I just feel like it's more better available, you know, your picks on my personal opinion.
0: I agree, and I see your DAC, and I raise you, C.D. Lamb. Current ADP mixed with no left tackle and never having to have been the man, based on where he's going in the draft, not saying that he's going to have a horrible season, don't hear what I'm not saying, but based on where he's going in the draft, I would rather him have a couple of tough weeks and then maybe I go trade for him, but I'm not giving up that draft capital for a guy that is and, and, and me and Joe didn't talk about this before, but if Dak is going to regress, then his pass catchers are going to regress. You can't lose that quality of players and think that you're just going to have the same production. It, it doesn't work that way. So, for for that reason, I have C.D. Lamb on my do not draft
2: list. Who you got first up, Vander? Well, since y'all guys are like talking about all these cowboys, I'm going to speak on a former cowboy, good old Amari Cooper. This is a guy I would not draft. Okay. To I mean, his quarterback situation we've seen. We have the numbers now. He's suspended for 11 games, and now that he's playing with a Jacoby Brissett, I don't think we get a chance to really see a full Amari Cooper, you know, in that offense. Um, I think they're going to kind of lean on the running game early on. They got 10 running backs. They might as well. Yeah, and, I mean, you got guys. I mean, he's a 29th. He's going, like, 29 as far as receivers, but you have guys like Adam Thillion, uh Jerry Judy, Juju Smith-Schuster, a lot of these guys, even uh, Gabriel Davis was going 28. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of these guys I would choose over uh, Amari Cooper in my draft.
0: So my next guy up is J.K. Dobbins. I think J.K. can have a pretty good season, but I don't like where the news is going for where he's going to start. And based on where he's going in the draft right now, I think he'll be a guy that I'll maybe go after if maybe the J.K. Uh, Dobbins' owner is a little bit short on running back. Maybe I'll try to trade for him, but I don't like that combination. Barry, what you got?
2: oh uh, I'm actually gonna go a little something a little different. Um, okay. Also, I'm gonna stay with running back, but I'm gonna say Cam Akers. Hmm, this is a guy I would not draft. I mean, he's coming off the Achilles injury, and it looked like from from a lot of the talk out of out of the team, it could very well be a committee over there. And I don't like committees, and you shouldn't as well. In fantasy football, you should never want your running back to be a part of a committee. He's currently running back like 16. So then, you you know, you have guys at the likes of James Conner, who's 17 on that list. David Montgomery, who's 18. Brees Hall who's 19. Basically, I will take these guys over him. So a lot of times, you know, a lot of people, they they draft what they see. And just because you see Cam Akers name lit up as the next running back available in your league, you should leapfrog him, reach down and grab a James Conner. Because he's going to be a lot more profitable for you in your league moving forward. So definitely don't draft Cam Akers. I got DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett,
0: both on my do not draft list. They they don't have a quarterback. And until that changes, their talent doesn't matter. Joe,
1: who you got? Chase Edmonds, actually. I really think that it's overstated like um, how much money he got and everything else. Mostar has really been impressive in camp, and I really think that those two might be a 1A, 1B throughout the season. So I honestly wouldn't. I would fade him and get somebody in that same, you know, ADP that's more have more firm grasp on the road. I have Kyler Murray on my
0: do not draft list again, based on where he's going. And the fact that he's not going to have DeAndre Hopkins for six weeks, I think that's going to kind of put a little bit of a damper on the start of his season. I don't necessarily want to put myself in a situation where I'm going to be behind the power curve or behind the max output of a guy for six weeks and then normally... In the tail end of the season, even when Hopkins is there, that offense tends to wane just a little bit. So this is one of those years that based on average draft position
2: and the situation on the team, I'm not going to draft Tyler Murray. I'm going to try again. I'm going to stay with the running backs. I would say do not draft Miles Sanders. This is mm-hmm. a guy. He's also seemed like in the same situation as Antonio Gibson. Where hell, I'm surprised he's not the kickoff returner. Uh, right. With the with the way the the coaching staff has been handling him. Well, over hold
0: the up. Years. You can't you can't return kicks when
2: you got a bad hamstring because he's hurt yeah, but, right now. <laughs> uh, they've been speaking up game a lot, and that he's been see- receiving a lot of first team snaps and things of that nature. Committee at best. And, I mean, that's the best situation for Miles Sanders. He's not going to be the hog in that situation. Um, it's even been some rumblings about Philadelphia making a trade for Kareem Hunt. Oh, I says, didn't hear about that. Yeah, that would so be that, nasty. That let you know, let them know Ooh, that, that they're not definitely happy with their running back room. Right, per se. But did you see how much run Boston Scott was getting? Boston Scott
0: looked like he was the best. And I know it's preseason, you know, so don't hear what I'm not saying. But Boston so, Scott looked like he was the best between him and Gainwell. Right, they got, so again, they got a whole like best. Like
1: Kennedy Brooks did too. I didn't even
2: see him, so I I don't know how good or bad he made. So, again, you got Miles Sanders as you back, 34. Some notable guys around him, 35, Kareem Hunt, 41, Damian Pierce, whose ADP probably would shoot up um, if you haven't drafted already. These are a lot of guys that I would reach down and grab before I grab a Miles Sanders. So, I'd rather have a Damian Pierce. I would rather have a Kareem Hunt on my team. So, this is a guy I definitely say do not draft.
1: One of mine on my list was Alan Lazard. I'm just not so. I don't care. Yo, what anybody wow. Say. We are gonna argue about that. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't care what anybody say. I don't care who's next in line. He just doesn't stand out to me that he does anything to garner being. A- He's going to be labeled as a, not one number one wide receiver, but he just doesn't have any skill set that kind of puts him in that place definitively be one. I think with this offense losing Devontae, they're going to use a combination of everybody from Sammy to Mari Rogers to uh, Dobbs. So I just don't see enough value being particularly put on one guy, specifically Lazard, to kind of yield him in that category as their team's wide receiver one. Did you see how he ended the year last year? And do you realize how low it is you can kind of get
0: him in the draft? He's, in my opinion, he's he's almost a value guy because Aaron Rodgers has been telling everybody who wants to listen that he don't like his rookies right now. Now That'll change over time, but he's been saying that he wants Lazard, Watkins, and who is it? Who's the slot guy? His, his boy that he brought over from Houston. I Randall Cobb? Cobb, he's saying he wants those guys on the field because they know what the hell they're doing. And the rookies can't get lined up straight and, and run the routes as Chris as he them right now. But I say that to say he's the biggest wide receiver. Yeah. He, he was already a red zone guy with Adams there, with what he could end up being and where you can get him. He's one of the guys that I would pick up maybe if I had a trade or something, I had the backfield, or if it's like the last spot on the bench or something like that. And I can kind of tell how many targets he gets week one, whether or not it's going to be worth holding on to him.
1: Just just my humble
0: opinion, your list, but my humble opinion on that.
1: No, but my thing is uh, what I take into account is I've also heard Aaron Rodgers swear up MVS for two seasons. And then we've seen how MVS played him out. But that's on
0: MVS, though, because he dropped the ball. Well, I mean, I think the main thing is we,
1: we knew, like, going into the like, floor's offense, we knew he spread it out to everybody. He just had the the benefit and the ability to have somebody like Devontae Adams. So I think we get misconstrued, like, oh, look. Well, all these targets are very vacated. No, LaFle- LaFleur naturally loves to give it to everybody. He just had the benefit of having Adams for three years that he could just work around Adams' skill set. But, you know, not having Adams, that's, that's going to be telling what that offense looks like. You got anybody else on your list, Joe? I had uh, David and Njoku. I'm pretty <laughs> sure you're going to be a for free the same, agent. For the him. same reason as Cooper? <laughs> <laughs> It's not even just that. I honestly think he had all the potential in the world. He had to be like one of these freakish tight ends and everything else. I just don't. I just don't see it. I don't. You know, I mean, I get you know the success he had the last season and everything like that. But it just, it's more so personnel grouping and the lack of healthy, you know, bodies at receiver that played into why he was able to have a better season this year. I don't expect those same numbers as him as the guy. But also too, I you know I'm big on Harrison Bryant, so there's that. And I have two more guys. I have
0: Carson Wentz. With Carson Wentz, he's just helter-skelter here, there. You know, some days he's good, some days he's not. I don't know. I, I think that Riverboat Ron is going to kind of pull the reins on Wentz, and he's not going to be able to just, you know, do what makes him fantasy relevant but makes a coach cringe. I don't think they're going to give him that much leeway. So I would curb my enthusiasm as far as Wentz is concerned. And lastly, TJ Hawkinson. TJ Hawkinson, we got to realize when he put up big numbers, he was really one of the only game in town. St. Brown is stepping up. They have DJ Chark there now. Jamison Williams will be back at some point in time. They, they have a nice little wide receiver core. They have one of the best running backs as far as catching the ball he had 53 receptions last year speaking of swift there are just so many reasons why tj hawkinson simply can't get the amount of targets that kind of made him a popular darling tight end if you will i wouldn't draft him where he's going right now either but I mean, that's all i got on my list bear you got anybody else uh i guess
2: i'll have one i'll throw one more out there do not draft Mac jones i'm sorry okay um, Okay. Being that these guys are confused about who's doing what over there. Um, I'm not happy with Patricia calling plays. Hell, me I'm not happy with Bill Belichick calling plays. I can deal with Bill, but Patricia is a no for me. But he's a defensive guy. So why would I want to call him my
0: offensive plays? Bill be Belichick. He's a defensive guy, but that means he also knows the offensive plays
2: that are working against the defense that he that, sees. That also means you shouldn't be calling no plays. Yeah, We're not doing that. He, he I'm not call getting Rex Ryan calling my offensive plays. Just not going to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't care how great of a coach he is. I'm not no. comparing Rex to Bill on any level. But def- what I'm saying is defensive minds. These are defensive minds. They should have no reason calling no plays. period. I mean, there's so many coordinators that's out there available. Hell, the Rams just hired um, who they hired as a consultant to work from home. Uh, Jake Gruden, oh, I he could not hear about that. He could have been somebody that come in and call somebody. Oh, the, for the former head coach for right the commanders. Right. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, a he's lot a these pretty guys,
0: good... Um, yeah, I, okay.
2: He's I on that, that same tree as the rest of these guys. I mean, the McVeighs and the Shanahan's, like, they all kind of, you know, there, so I mean...
0: He wasn't the best head coach, but he was a pretty good offensive coordinator. I can deal
2: with that. But that's what I'm saying. So why is you playing games? You know, Bill Belichick is one of those guys who's just too smart for his own good. And you're setting your quarterback up for a disaster, in my opinion. You got guys like Davis Mills who's going, who's pick, being picked behind him. Even Daniel Jones is being picked behind him. Jared Goff is being picked behind him. So a lot of these guys I'd rather have on my team than a Matt Jones right now who, who knows what's going to happen. Hell, I seen a game last year. They didn't, they didn't pass the ball one time. <laughs> You know what I mean? How can you? How can you play a whole NFL game and don't pass the ball? Amazing. <laughs> it happens. You know what I mean? We so, won. <laughs> but and for that reason, I don't want him as my quarterback. So, in a two I quarterback league, I, don't pick this guy, man.
0: That wraps up our do not draft list. We have one more tidbit for you, and it's called Tales from a Dynasty. We're all in various dynasty leagues and things of that nature. I just joined a dynasty league that I can say it's probably going to quickly become one of my favorites. Because if you think we talk shit, have vitriol when trades are made. And (laughs) I mean, this league is different, but I like it. I like it. I like what they got going on here. I think I'm a fit right in. This is the thing. I took over the worst team in the league. And it kind of gives me a little bit of a reclamation project, you know, make a few moves here and there, things of that nature. See how fast I can get a team versus starting from somewhere near the top based on, you know, my draft, getting a team that had an absolutely horrible draft and turning it into something. This is a reclamation project. We, we don't have a pathway to the playoffs based on the other teams that I've seen this year. But with that being said, I made a trade that some league mates are saying makes sense. Some are saying it's batshit crazy. I have my rationale and I understand it's a little bit unorthodox, but let me, let me give the overall big picture of what's going on here. It's a super flex league. I had literally no quarterbacks. This was an eight week draft. Somebody drafted for eight weeks. In, no, no. Okay. So let me take a step back. I had Kenny Pickett and Drew Locke. So no starting quarterbacks. Over an eight-week drafting period, somebody decided in the Superflex League that they just were going to punt the quarterback position. So again, no pathway. (laughs) to victory in this particular league this year. So I had to make a tough decision. I have quite a bit of young guys. As far as running back is concerned, pretty much I have the whole Rams backfield drafted with Henderson, Akers, and Kyron Williams, Eno Benjamin, Damian Pierce, Isaiah Pacheco. As far as wide receiver is concerned, Wondell Robinson, George Pickens, Chris Olave, Christian Watson, and Devontae Parker. I also have Tyquan Thornton on the IR. And as far as the taxi squad, which for the dynasty leagues that have a taxi squad, that's where you can kind of place rookies for a little while and they don't have to take a spot on your actual bench. And that is Romeo Dubs from Green Bay. I have him kind of sitting there. So I needed to make a move for several quarterbacks to be clear. So what I did was I had C.D. Lamb and C.D. Lamb was kind of the talk of the chat. So my thing is this, based on what Joe said or Earlier. Based on the injury, based on what I said as far as Lamb himself is concerned, it made sense that he would be expendable in my opinion. What I did was I traded C.D. Lamb for Geno Smith, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Deshaun Watts. On surface value, it may seem like Lamb has more value. But having Locke and then pairing with Geno, I have a guaranteed starter in Seattle right now. There's some scuttlebutt that Jimmy may be traded and he could be traded to Seattle. So if I made a trade for just Geno and paired him with Locke and then Jimmy went there, I gave up something for nothing. By the time we get to week nine or 10, I don't think that Lamb would be enough to get Watson. And again, this is a dynasty league in which I have no path to victory this year based on the other teams. Also pairing with that, I have three top first round picks. So I'll be pairing Watson with one of the studs that are coming out, one of the best quarterback drafts that we've had, along with two other high draft picks. Getting Watson and then just having quarterbacks to start was the logic. And also with Lamb falling back, I don't think I would have been able to trade Lamb for Watson even straight up towards the end of the year. To make the trade, I did have to include A couple other people in the trade, and that is, I do want to give you that for context. I did give up McBride, the tight end in Arizona, which I have Albert O as my tight end, and then I have a backup. I forgot who that was. I also gave up Williams in Detroit and Tyler Allegier. but I also got Christian Watson in the trade as far as wide receiver was concerned. So that was the trade that kind of stirred up a ruckus.
2: What say you guys? I'm going to let Joe speak on that. I don't really have a comment about it, to be honest
1: Honestly said, man, something like dynasty, like that. You you going to value the quarterback. Like eleven games isn't that to me. As far as the grand spectacle things, what you get, what you you acquire out of Watson, and depending on how long this league is gonna be active, you get a, a pivotal piece getting a guy like that. And honestly, I don't feel like you gave up too much. Looking at like McBride, I like McBride a lot, but I do think Ertz got a year, maybe two years in him, as long as he's in Arizona before you know he fizzles out. Williams, I think he's going to be a really good player, but with as many mouths to feed in that offense, I mean, what are we really expecting to see from him? Elijah, too, I think, you know, he, he could be a good player. He could be a decent player. Like I say, he has a high ceiling, in my personal opinion. A lot like Michael Turner to me. Like He, he just reminds me of one of the more, more stocky, big, you know, short dudes that can just, you know, get it done on the ground. So I think he has tremendous upside, but again, I don't think people are going to see him get as many carries as people would expect. I essentially look at it as CD for Watson. So if I'm looking at it that way, I mean, in the superflex, you got to take the value of Watson over CD. Especially, do, you have zero quarterbacks. As much as we've been saying things wrong about CD, if by some chance CD, I think CD's upside is so high, I don't know if I would have used it this particular trade because let's play devil's advocate to what we feel like we know sure. is more likely to happen if he performs anywhere close to um how he played last season but he's given the target he makes the most out of he might be can we say a top eight wide receiver if not better than that if he plays okay. potential it's asking a lot like we can't no 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 so so
0: let's run with that right so so then the question becomes Let's say he becomes all that he can be. He's the top 10 receiver now, okay? Right. Do you think that in a super flex league that is tighter than ours is, I'm going to get a quarterback that's better than Watson for Lance? Yeah. That, that, that's the main question. Like, So who's better than Watson? First of all, the, the guys that I consider to be better were never even in consideration because they wouldn't they wouldn't on the block they, they they weren't even offered to. The other guy that I was offered at quarterback was Justin Fields. The other guy that I was offered at quarterback was Mariota. The other guy that I was offered at quarterback was Brissett without Watson. Those are the quarterbacks that were on the block. And I was able to get what I consider to be a top 10 quarterback. And if I gave up a top 10 wide receiver in a super flex with zero quarterbacks, that's either equal or I got over. Again, super flex, zero quarterbacks. If Lamb becomes a top 10 wide receiver, that's the price of admission, in my opinion,
1: well, for, they, for a top 10 quarterback. In the grand scheme of things, it's really CD for Watson. Pretty much, I mean, yeah. Everything else. But Justin Fields, I mean, what was the Justin Fields trade, if you don't mind? Was it from the same the person? Justin or? Fields
0: trade. No, that, was, that was from a different person. That. Oh, and then I was offered Baker Mayfield and Rondell Moore for Lamb. <laughs>
1: See, this this is this is... <laughs> that's disrespectful right you know what i'm saying yeah you know, that's some disrespectful. Where the shit. Hell is the, um... we need them trades every now and again that's a this
0: is just for a good laugh right
1: that's why i love darnell like that <laughs> is my disrespectful. he's the most disrespectful guy in our other dynasties yeah <laughs>
0: feels on a wide receiver too for lamb and uh, for Lamb and a running back or something like that.
1: Nah, but, but I, think, I like I, your strategy. I think you got three first-round picks, I think you were saying, in this league. Yeah, exactly. So, like you said, you top, just take it, you get you, a like you said, a, a bona fide top 10 quarterback, and then next year you can come back and get you a C.J. Stroud or a Bryce Young or C.J. Like I said, I mean? got
0: Pickens, Olave. I mean, I got, I got, Wide receivers on the bench. But that wraps up Tales from a Dynasty, and that pretty much does it for the show this week. Next week will be the episode that we stake our claim that we let you know who our guy is for the year. That's our That's My Man's and Them episode. Shout out to the late, great DMX you know i'm for for those of you that have had the opportunity to listen to real hip-hop at some point in your life you've heard dmx you know we kind of created a show in the fantasy atmosphere that uh, lends itself to the thought process of that song on that album which is one of the best albums that he ever put out yeah shout out to dmx so that's next week that's my man's in him. we out